Now that first topic that we talked about, the marketing and sales tactics that shippers won't hate. Now, you guys know that if you've watched any episode before, you know that I am a big fan of simplifying your marketing tech stack and simplifying it from the approach to remain, you know, have a really good strategy, but also to remain agile and not, you know, investing a, a ton of money into marketing software that isn't really going to serve you a, a good purpose long term. And we often hear from, you know, different marketing and business leaders and freight of how they're approaching their digital strategy. And, and you can really pick what to what, you know, as we have these marketing leaders on the show, you can sort of pick and choose of who, you know, what parts of their strategy that you want to add into your plan, your overall processes and strategy. But what about on the shipper's side of things? How do they prefer and how does your plan of communication really cater to what these shippers want to see? So we're going to answer that in three parts because we have a fascinating new study that just dropped from Logistics Marketing Advisors. It's one of the top episodes of Cyberly that we've ever produced when this study first came out just a couple of years ago. They do this study every two years. So to give you a little bit of perspective on what the data says in that study, I'm going to point to a couple of other articles first. Let's talk about perspective because HubSpot just released their state of inbound marketing trends report and it surveyed more than a thousand B2B and B2C customers. So HubSpot customers are answering this in their role of either B2C or B2B. And one of the really important takeaway stats that I saw here is that relatable content and authentic behind the scenes content, which BTS, that stands for behind the scenes content, are some of the lowest used content types, but it takes up two out of the three top spots for the most effective types of marketing. Now, in that same study, video consumption is up, but there also aren't enough videos to keep up with the demand of how often people are scrolling different social media apps. They're watching video, and so they want more, but the, de- the demand is high, but the value or, or the amount of videos that they're looking for just isn't there. So that was a really important stat that relatable content and authentic BTS content are some of the lowest used, but have the biggest sort of return on investment, the highest ROI as far as the marketing strategy that you could be implementing. So keep that stat in mind because the next perspective that I want to bring up is this Bloomberg article talking about the rise of the LinkedIn B2B influencer. And I'm going to say a quote from this article because it says LinkedIn has more than 144,000 members with creator as their job title as of December 2021. That is up 16% from the previous year. It's, you know, LinkedIn being more focused on helping creators share stories and engage with audience. And as of July, more than 11 million members have turned on creator mode, a program that LinkedIn started offering in March of 2021 that allows a member to be identified as a content producing authority with a particular expertise. That's really important. So if you are out there creating content and you're posting it to LinkedIn, you need to make sure that you go and you turn that option on on your profile because it opens up additional features that you can share different style or all of your different content. You can highlight the different content that you offer and or or that you're creating and it will profile it more prominently on your LinkedIn profile versus just the traditional profile. So make sure you turn that creator mode on. But that's really interesting that that many people, 11 million members have creator mode turned on and it's only continuing to grow. Now in that same article, there was a source that was quoted. It's called Ogilvy... 
PR agency. And I know that I just butchered the pronunciation of that name, but forgive me. Um, it's a common occurrence with me. I'm sorry. Uh, but who this, this PR agency has a new B2B influencer package offering. And they were quoted in that Bloomberg article. So they go on to say the reasoning that they started up this B2B influencer focus for their agency is because of a few different stats. So first one, Forbes is showing a growing importance on business influencers. 90% of sales-driven B2B audiences no longer trust sales messages. But 92% of B2B buyers would engage if the professional is a known industry thought leader as what their data is showing. Now, in addition to that, 74% of B2B marketers agree that influencer marketing improves relationships with brands, but only 19% are running ongoing influencer campaigns. So there's an incredible amount for this type of content, but the agencies aren't really running with it yet outside of this agency who's being quoted in this article. And there's an incredible amount of demand and growth for it on this particular platform with LinkedIn. And then the final stat I'll give you is recent research by the research and markets ex- experts estimates that the global B2B influencer marketing has the potential to generate 11 or close to 12 billion by the end of this year, the end of 2022. So this is a space when you think of traditional influencer marketing, maybe you think of Instagram, maybe you think of you know, beauty companies, makeup companies, and they're pitching those or different outfits. That's pretty common on Instagram. But the the ugly truth of that side of it is, is that most of those influencers are making sense on the dollar. I'm talking if you click on someone's profile because you really like their outfit and you go to wherever they, they bought that outfit, you're getting an average of 12 cents per sale. That is pennies. I mean, obviously it's pennies. But if you compare that to somebody who is really affluent in maybe supply chain manufacturing, um, some of these other industries that don't really have a typical influencer in it or hasn't had that, you know, as far as like the mass perception of a B2B influencer, but you're going to make significantly more if you are in the trenches of those industries and you know what software works, you know what functionality works, you know what systems work, and then you can be that consultant, you can be that creator in order to recommend those different platforms, which those platforms are very expensive. They're much more than say a, you know, a a container of foundation or not an entire container, but, you know, a bottle of foundation or, you know, an outfit that you bought off of Amazon, the commission rate that you're going to get for recommending a software product is significantly more than, you know, an Amazon outfit that you're going to recommend. So hence the rise of the LinkedIn B2B influencer. Now I say all of that because it's incredibly important to know what type of marketing strategies are finding the most value. And that is video, behind the scenes, authentic content, relatable content, educational content. Then we're talking about the lack of investment so far from the LinkedIn B2B influencer aspect. So there's a a growing demand for that type of influencer, and yet there aren't that many people doing it yet. So knowing both of those things, that brings us to the Logistics Marketing Advisor study, which there are, there's a bunch of takeaway stats that I could give you. And with the first one that I want to sort of really point out is that over a thousand shippers or over, not a thousand, over a hundred shippers were surveyed, which is still a lot of, a lot of shippers that were, that were surveyed. And the entire study is great. I, I'm going to actually pull some of these stats in order to cover in future stories because I think that they deserve a really long term, you know, or, or an in depth, um, than what I have, you know, sort of the, the time allotment for today. 
But there are a few things that, you know, especially considering how freight companies approach sales, there's really a lot of uh, opportunity within this space, within this study, in order to optimize your messaging of what's going out into the world and how you can make it more effective. And I think for, for a lot of companies, they really need to put their focus on a few different areas. And that's put a stronger focus on their owned media. So that owned media that you're creating in-house with your executive team, your subject matter experts, maybe your mid-level management. Uh, maybe you have somebody that's in charge of social media within the company that's creating content around the office. Um, all of those things, that owned media that you're creating in-house is incredibly important. The next one is something that you want to keep in mind is that you're educating your audience over the long term. And then the last one is putting a focus on higher level sales reps, because that was one of the bigger frustrations in this logistics marketing survey is that, you know, you've done all of the right things. You've got a shipper to notice you. And then they come to your website and first of all, they can't book a meeting with you because it's too complicated. But then when they do reach out to you, when they do pick up the phone and maybe call you, then they're getting an entry level salesperson and they're not getting someone. These are, you know, higher up executives that expect to speak to someone who is knowledgeable when instead they're getting the entry level salespeople that are answering the phones and they can't really answer the questions that they have on the phone or via email. And so they're resorted to, you know, bouncing around to different representatives. And by that time, the executive has wasted enough time already. They're just going to move on to the next person that they thought of in their list. So keeping those three tactics in mind, let's talk about a few takeaways. Because the first takeaway that I want to shine a light on is the importance of playing that long game because word of mouth still and always will be king. Let's put up that first, you know, sort of page nine from this study. And I have a link to the study in case you want to download it. Um, it's a PDF link in the show notes. Um, but word of mouth referral that acts as a personal brand using social media, this stat is incredible. If you're looking at the, this image on the screen, you'll notice on the, the graphic on the far right, you will see that 23% are, are reaching out to a new carrier or a new broker because it was recommended by a colleague. Then that very next one is that that service provider has a reputation for the service or the product that they need. So 23% are recommended, are, are finding new carrier partners, new broker partners because of a recommendation from a colleague. So get those referrals in. Then that next step that you know we really want to put a strong focus on is that strong reputation for the service or product needed. So are you putting information out onto social media? Are you putting information out into the world that says, hey, I do X, Y, Z really really well. I do it better than my competition. Are you answering those questions with your social media? Because even if the situation isn't right for, you know, maybe a current customer that you have, um, maybe they're, you know, you're trying to work with another customer. Um, and so with that other customer, they're not interested right now, but they could refer you because of your specialty, because of what you're focusing on. So that was a really important takeaway. And I thought that was another, uh, on that same graphic, there was another part that I'm actually going to do a future show or a future uh, segment on. And it's only 10% of the surveyed shippers find a logistics partner through internet search. That is down 5% from 2020. And we're going to dive in deeper than that because I think that there's a lot of freight companies out here who are focusing heavily on SEO 
organic blogs, you know, things like that, you know, a couple thousand word articles, or maybe it's a thousand word article or 500. But there's a lot of freight companies out here who are focusing long term on SEO. And this study shows that shippers are less and less likely to use that form of, of internet discovery in order to find your company. So if you're investing a lot of time into SEO, you might want to rethink the distribution of your content marketing strategy because of what seems to be working and what these shippers actually prefer to be contacted. So it's referral or being recommended, highly recommended and highly experienced within that particular service or that product. Now, the next one is the importance of building a content library specific to the customer you're trying to sell to. Now, that slide we just showed, it said the second most leading indicator was having a strong reputation. So are you showcasing that in your branding? Are you showcasing that on your social media profiles? You know, maybe you have some sales reps that are creating some LinkedIn messaging or some social media messaging. Are they talking about those specialties that your company specializes in? Do you have a niche? Or are you saying yes to everyone or all kinds of freight, which is very common. But from a marketing and branding perspective, you really want to take a chance to or, or take the opportunity to dive into your numbers to see what freight, what commodity, what lanes are you moving the best, better out of everything else that comparable to everything else that you're running, which ones are you running the best? Which ones are the most profitable? And then you can find some similarities and be able to showcase that on all of your digital profiles. Because remember, your website is the last part of that sales research. When somebody looks at your website, they decide if they're going to book a meeting with you or pick up the phone and call you, or they're going to move on to somebody else. You need to make sure that you handle that messaging appropriately. And then the next step that I want to bring up is, do you have, speaking of the niches, do you have that niche or specialty clearly defined? Because in this screenshot that we're going to show you is from page five of the report, 77% of shippers want emails, not phone calls. I know you, the, the, the old way of doing things in this industry is really taking, you know, a, a new broker and putting them down, or maybe they're fresh out of college and sitting them down at the phones and making them do a hundred cold calls a day. And they're all calling cold leads. This, this survey right here, it's very, it's, it's actually, uh, this similar numbers as of what it was in 2020, but we still have a lot of brokerages out here that are making a hundred phone calls a day and shippers are saying overwhelmingly, do not cold call me. They want emails, but they want emails that are specific to them. They don't want to feel like they have mass, you know, a mass amount of communication that this is a mass email. You can kind of tell that pretty immediately if someone is emailing you directly or if they're emailing a bunch of people and just hoping to cast a wide net and, you know, catch, you know, a, a, a few fish at a time when if you were strategic about it, then you would at least spend the five minutes in order to research a company before you reach out to them and before you cold email them. Because that was overwhelmingly what a lot of these shippers talked about in this survey is that if you're going to reach out to me, at least make sure you've done the bare minimum amount of research. Now that bonus step of, of you know, as we mark out our, our marketing plans and our strategy, especially from website to social to cold emailing. But another thing that you want to make sure that you do too, is whoever you're reaching out to connect with them on LinkedIn, because in this same study, the, is the, the LinkedIn use of who is our, how these shippers are interacting with social media and what platforms they're going to 
an overwhelming majority of them now use LinkedIn at least once a week. That is up from the 20, from 2016, where it was about 50% of people. Now it's up to 78% of people are using LinkedIn at least once a week. So if you could just do the bare minimum and do five minutes of research on these companies, connect with them on LinkedIn, you know, post relevant content that you think that they would enjoy, you are light years ahead of your competition simply by doing those little things and being able to to share, you know, a, a, a message that is highly targeted to the people that you're trying to reach, that you're trying to email, that you're maybe cold calling at the same time. So if you're doing all of those things, at least make sure at the bare minimum, you connect with them on LinkedIn, you connect with them maybe on another social media app of their choice. And then that way you are sharing that consistent messaging. So even though they might not be in the buying cycle right now, we've talked about this before, that 95% of people are not actively shopping a new provider that only 5% ever are really actively shopping a new provider, but there's still tremendous amount of value and advertising to or marketing to that 95% of people who aren't ready to buy yet, especially if you have your targeted messaging down pat. Now, you know about all the data. We, we've talked about all of the different data points and how video is extremely important and being authentic and, and being, you know, showing the relatable side and the educational side of the role that you fulfill. And now you know that they, re- that shippers want emails. They don't want cold calls. 77% of them want emails and they want those emails to be targeted to them. So the next step and the most important step, you cannot mess this up, but once they talk about once you get your message out there, you need to make sure that you have some kind of way to convert that lead or convert that prospect into a a, a qualified lead. And, and so that all happens on your website because guess what's going to happen? They're going to see your social media messaging over, you know, maybe six to eight months. Then they're finally going to be ready. It's going to take one day that one of their carriers maybe falls off or, or misses the load. And then that's one day that they are going to remember your company. They're going to come to Google your website. They're going to go to your website. And if there isn't an easy way for them to convert on your site, they're going to move on to the next person because they need their problem solved. And so you need to make sure that you have a way for them to convert. And then when that person is converting, make sure that they are connected with somebody who has a knowledge-based insight into what they're reaching out about. It's so much of a difference in how you approach a high intent lead, somebody who is ready to buy, versus a cold lead who maybe downloaded an ebook who probably will never likely ever become a customer. Those quote unquote leads are completely different than somebody who has seen your social media messaging, who has seen your marketing and has maybe gotten a couple cold emails, but didn't respond. And when they're ready to convert, they're ready to convert and they're ready to talk to somebody who is knowledgeable because this quote directly pulled from one of the shippers says, make your company easily findable on the internet and have a detailed website that answers my questions. Then provide easy protocols to put me in touch with someone who actually knows what the heck they're talking about. Don't waste these people's time. And that is what the crux I think of all of this comes down to is that if you just follow their communication specifications and you you really go above and beyond as far as your content strategy and really fo- and when I say above and beyond I mean just creating educational content that fits within the niche that you're trying to reach so do those things do that bare minimum and you are sitting pretty and you're probably sitting prettier than a lot of these other companies that are just relying on putting a you know a fresh faced college kid sitting him down at a desk and telling him to pound the phones for you know all day every day for their first 3 months you know working at a brokerage office or 
you know, maybe any of these other brokerages offices out here. So just keep all of that in mind, because I really feel like that, you know, we have to take the criticisms from the shippers in order to know how they want to be reached. Otherwise, you're just wasting a lot of time. You're wasting a lot of energy. Make sure you have that flow set up correctly. So then that way, all of the work that you're putting out on social media doesn't go to waste. hope you enjoyed that episode of Everything is Logistics, a podcast by Digital Dispatch, where we help your company build a better website. And speaking of my company, I founded it back in 2018, but we recently streamlined our website services plans. So if you want to check out how we can help you and your marketing team build a better website and connect those ROI goals, then go visit digitaldispatch.io. You can also check out past episodes of this show and every show by hitting up the resources page on digitaldispatch.io or on everythingislogistics.com. I do some freelance content projects for select clients. And if you liked this show, then you might like some of the other content projects that I've worked on, like Cyberly, Maritime Means, and more. But until next time, I'm Blake Brumleave, and I will see you real soon. Go Jags!